Right, all right, NBA Quick Pod is locked and loaded for Friday, December the 16th. Mackenzie Rivers, NBA professional handicapper, is in the house. I'm your host, Sleepy J. Today, Mackenzie's gone through the NBA Friday card, and he's going to try to convince me of his best handicap. Mackenzie, he'll go ahead, he'll give a handicap on a side total and a player prop. I'll go ahead, I'll grade those handicaps for him. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, then I'll go ahead, I'll buy which one I believe is best. Before we go ahead and get into the handicaps for today, one quick note here. Uh, NBA Dream Pod will be released tonight for the Saturday games. You guys could always get that on the RJ Bell's Dream Preview podcast feed. Or you can get that on McKenzie Rivers' Twitter account, at Mac and Rivers, or my own, at CPJ underscore pregame. All right, with that out of the way, Mac, the floor is yours. By the way, by the way, we're coming back, we're coming back strong uh rj hates that rj's told me so many times if you use your twitter account if you say your twitter account before giving any valuable information what are you doing out here but you know what we do have provided value in the past if you're listening to this you probably have listened to our nba dream preview pod understand the value and yeah we're excited to be back at it and you can catch that out i will definitely be tweeting that every single time at mac and river sorry rj all right so mac the floor is yours what are you going to start with today Let's go with the Bulls-Knicks game, and I started this handicap looking at the Knicks uh, for the side, but I landed on, these teams are even, and there's a trend here in the first quarter that I think you got to play the Bulls. So it's an immediate revenge spot, or a soon revenge spot. Uh, For this query, I looked at, uh, within four days, you lost to this team, and now you're playing them again. Well, historically, as you might imagine, teams in that spot, uh, especially if they're favored, if they're favored, lost within four days to the team like the Bulls in this instance, 53% ATS since 2012. Huge sample size. However, 100% of that beating expectations has been in the first quarter. They've won by two and a half points a game. Teams in this spot. This year, that trend is not good. The 53% trend is not working. Teams with immediate revenge spot, not working. Four and nine ATS when you're favored and you're in that soon revenge spot. However... The first quarter is just as strong, just as strong. Two and a half points in the first quarter, like nothing's changed, like nothing different. Well, now I think the market is kind of adjusting to the fact that we saw the Pelicans lose twice to a Jazz team that they're better than. Didn't really matter that they lost a day before. You know, the the revenge wasn't there and the Jazz were able to beat him again. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Knicks were able to beat him again. You look at their net margin on the season, you know, just for adjusting for garbage time as cleaning the glass does. Knicks are a half point better. Bulls are about even team, you know, zero margin. So they're about the same team, two and a half for home court in the United Center. Makes sense. So the market is saying no adjustment, which I think is fair for the game. I think there has to be an adjustment and the books won't do this, but I think handicapping wise, you have to think the Bulls should be a considerable favorite here in the first quarter. Uh, I only lay, have to lay a half point. There's some ones out there. There's a half point out there. Really like this play. Two even teams. I think the Bulls respond in this particular instance. They're kind of in a, a – inter- I mean, I have a Bulls – full disclosure, I have a Bulls. My biggest season win bet is Bulls under 42.5 wins. And they're in an interesting space where they're playing better than I actually expect. Like I said, zero margin uh, per 100 possessions. I thought they were going to be significantly worse than average team without Lonzo Ball. So you're starting to hear these rumors. You're starting to hear, uh, well, is it time to blow it up? Are they really you know, going to push forward with DeRozan and Levine? Or is one of them or both of them uh, going to be out the door? Well, as a fly on the wall, someone with an under 42 and a half ticket, I'm very interested in those conversations. 
but it hasn't happened yet. And until it does, I think the Bulls here, uh, they want to save their season. They want to, you know, prove something to these fans, to this city, to the opportunity that they have right now. I mean, there was no hotter team in the league at this point last year with these guys in tow. So I think this is an opportunity for them. I think they'll come out uh, ablaze, losing an overtime to the Knicks just a couple days ago. Not sure if they're talented enough to to win it. Uh, I think the line is about right, minus two and a half. But in the first quarter, first time I'm going to bet on the Bulls this season because I'm generally pessimistic, but I like this spot for him. Bulls in the first quarter, minus a half. All right, that's a solid handicap there. I felt like he hit the situational, he hit the statistical, and I think he hit a couple areas in there that are not going to be factored into this line. So it's an all-around solid handicap. I couldn't ask for much more uh, from a handicapper presenting that type of an argument there. So, Mac, I'm going to give you probably your highest score uh, out of the entire NBA bet tank pods that we've done. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to stamp that at an 8.8. Thoroughly convinced me on that one. So solid play with that. What's your next one? Awesome. Let's go. Next game, Warriors Sixers. I like the under 220 and a half. Now, big news. Markets adjusted. Is it enough? That's the question. Steph Curry, best player in the world, in my opinion, at this moment. Not going to be there. Not going to be there for a few weeks, as Adrian Wojnarowski reports which I think means it could be as long as they need or if they need them sooner because they're playing so poorly, which they have been, um, that gives them that flexibility. So that's why they reported it that way. So I looked at the history, and I think more than ever, we talk about how you know dominant he was in his MVP days and how valuable he was. I think more than ever, offensively, this has become a one-man team. This has become a one-man show. And he's so uh, giving. He gives a ball up. He runs around. He's so does so much off the ball. Sometimes it doesn't seem like that. It's not a James Harden offense. It's not a Shaq offense. We're not going to him every single time. It's not a Luka Doncic offense. He doesn't always have the balls in his hands. Everything good that happens offensively for the Warriors at this point in there, we saw it in the finals, development, Jordan Poole's having his, you know, such a down year. Klay Thompson is not what he used to be. Draymond Green is, you know, continued to be worse and worse offensively every single year. So that's a problem. However, they have to. They can't lose. You know, five out of the uh, eight out of the next ten games or anything like that. They're actually eleventh right now in the standings. They're on the outside looking in. They got to play at least five hundred basketball. So I think they pick it up defensively. I would like this bet. This bet more if I knew Draymond Green would be out there. He's questionable right now, uh, so keep an eye out on that. But I think they got to pick it up defensively, and I think they have nothing to give really defensively. So I think it's it's going to be tooth and nail, uh, especially early, and psychologically, I mean, I made this game one and a half on the side uh, if Steph Curry's fully healthy. I think he's worth about six points. So the fact that it opened up seven and a half pretty soon, that's exactly where I thought it would be. And I thought the you know, negative psycho- psycho- psychology and big favorite on a Friday, I thought this line was going to grow up and I probably should have grabbed some at seven. But the total here, open 225, now only 220 and a half. That's not enough, in my opinion. I looked at last two years, Warriors, let me see, 10-7, 2-1. Yeah, so 12 unders, 8 overs with Steph is out. And the margin isn't that great. It's only about a half point because I think uh, it depends what kind of Steph out game it is. is. Is it a game where they're just, you know, doesn't really matter? They're just throwing things at the wall? Yeah, those games can go over by 40. However, most of the time, 60% of the time, we've seen the Steph out. They're going to be trying to win the game. They're going to keep it close. Uh, we've seen that this year, two unders out of three. So, yeah, Steph out. I don't think the four-and-a-half movement on the total kind of captures 
uh, what he brings to the game. And I still think the Warriors defensively are going to try to win this thing, going to try to keep it close. So that's where I'm leaning. Uh, under 220 and a half. What do you think? You will learn by the numbers. I will teach you. All right. I don't mind that one. Warriors defensively. I don't know if you could put those two words uh, <laughs> in, in a sentence. It's a good handicap. But it's tough for you to beat your first one. I mean, the first one was, what, 8.8? Yeah. Uh, in order for me to go ahead and get over that, I feel like I would personally need to be convinced. And it's not that I'm not. It's just, you know, it's, it's Steph Curry. And a lot of crazy things can happen. It's a good handicap. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give you a, uh, a solid 7.9 on that one. I'll go ahead. I'll stamp that 7.9. What do you got for your final one? All right. Player prop here on a Friday night. I'm going to go with the fun one, but I think it's actually priced in a way where we can make some money. Luka Doncic over 41.5 points and assists. Last two games against the Blazers, 40 points on average. Just points. Points per game. Scored 42 in November. Scored 39 last time out uh, in April. Also, throwing up 10 assists in 7. So we're at 50, and they put it down at 40. Now, obviously, you're going to have some outlier games. Uh, you can't necessarily bake, bank everything on a two-game sample. However, the way – I just talked about how Steph plays offense a certain way. The way Luka plays offense, bringing the ball up, I think is a nightmare for the Blazers. And I, we had a bet on the Blazers. We ended up covering on a last-second three, but uh, Mavericks played well enough to win and cover that game. And it's because all the Blazers' pieces that they really want to throw at Luka, Jeremy Grant, Anthony Simons, they, they don't want to be picking them up in Dame's spot, up the top of the key. And that's how I think they're going to attack. I think they're just going to let him play quarterback the entire game uh, in a closely lined game where they want to get back on track. Uh, expect Luka to have the ball in his hands the whole time. Could, could be a high-scoring game. Could be an overtime game. Uh, I want to have, you know, not my biggest bet of the week for sure, but I want to have some money on Luka watching that game because I think, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be one of those games where it's it's Dame versus Luka the entire way through. And he had a day off recently, so I don't mind – him playing 40 minutes if I'm the Mavericks. So that's where I'm going to go. Over 41 and a half points and assists for the great Luka Doncic. All right. Um, I don't have a problem with that play either. I think that there's a chance. I mean, I, I got to be honest with you, McKenzie. This Mavericks team does not look anywhere near what they looked like last year. I think the Brunson departure has really hurt that team. And and it's going to take, uh, I don't know how much longer it's going to take, you know, for that team to actually start looking like they're an actual contender because a lot of people you know, thought that they would be. Uh, I could actually see, you know, what you're saying playing out here. It could be a, a Luka versus Dame for sure. 41 and a half seems a little bit high uh, for two teams that generally play slow. And you do have to worry, you know, if, if Hart plays and guys like that, you know, if they just throw the kitchen sink here at Luka, try to double him and make, you know, the other players around him uh, go ahead and beat him. So I I, I don't know. Um, it's a good handicap. I can't, I can't go ahead and argue against your stuff. But uh, personally, I'm in love with, with your first handicap that you gave out. So, let me give the Luca. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to double up on that one. I'll say 7.9 for that one. So I'm going to take your first handicap. That's the winner. That was the easy one. I thought you made a an excellent argument for that one. So I'll go ahead. I'll buy that play there. That's the Chicago Bulls in the first quarter, minus a half. Awesome. Appreciate it, man. Let's get this one. So with those handicaps out of the way, let's go. Let's get into the hot topic for today. Uh, I'm on this one there, Mac. And, and we're going to go ahead. We're going to title this one, Fines, Fines and more fines. I don't know if you guys have been watching the news cycle lately, but the Brooklyn Nets were just fined $25,000 for basically sitting the entire rotation a few games back. You know, the fans of Indiana Pacers uh, had hopes of watching, you know, Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, 
and instead they ended up getting Keon Edwards, Edmund Sumner, and one of the Morris brothers. It didn't help the Pacers much uh, because Indiana actually got beat in that game. So, uh, you know, you didn't get the chance to see KD. Uh, your team lost to the Nets G League team, and now you're probably out, you know, $800 for a family of four who got stuck sitting in the nosebleed section. Uh, something has to be done, though. You know, the professional leagues, in my opinion, they don't do enough right now to incentivize players. Just last week or, or two weeks ago, I talked about on a podcast about a specific football play that had happened where Fletcher Cox clearly held up on Ryan Tannehill, and he did the right thing. Like That's what they're trying to teach people. He could have clearly pancaked Tannehill, probably put a hurting on him, but the NFL they find players for those type of hits, but they don't reward for doing the right thing. If a fine is always greater than the reward, I don't think players are going to buy into certain things that much. The NBA, no different. It's become common theme in the NBA to see players sitting out nightly. It makes McKenzie and I's job uh, a little bit harder on some nights and, and maybe some nights maybe a little bit easier, but the fans are the ones here that are getting screwed. So the question is, what can the NBA do to incentivize the players to get the stars on the floor more so the fans don't get screwed out. Now, look, you can take all the fine money that the NBA gathered up throughout the year, and maybe they try to incentivize certain players, you know, the biggest players in the league, to go ahead and play, especially on the road. Maybe they get some type of a bonus. I think the NBA should probably include something in their contracts. And look, I get it. Like, all these players are playing games, but it's the big players that people want to see. If McKenzie and I are paying to go see LeBron play one night and all of a sudden he's not playing, AD's not playing, Westbrook's not playing, and we're watching a bunch of Lakers out there, we're going to be less likely to go ahead and buy tickets to an NBA game. So I think the NBA has to do something here. You know, if KD, let's just say he has four road games left on the year and he only needs to play three more to get maybe some big, huge bonus, maybe it's 500000 or a million dollars or whatever the case might be. I think he's going to be more than likely to play. Now, look, it's not a solution. It's just an idea, but it's it's a better idea than just finding players and not incentivizing them. And it gives the NBA you know, fans an opportunity to go ahead and see the best players. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. I think the NBA needs to go ahead and make some kind of pivot because when you look at the injury report every single night, there's just so many players that are, that are out. So I don't know, Mackenzie, how you feel about that, but no, if I spent a bunch of money to go see one of the best players in the league and, you know, I, I, I took time off of work and I had the whole family gathered up, everybody's loaded in the car in the middle of the snowstorm or whatever the case might be, I'm going to be pissed off. And look, I get it. Guys get hurt. Guys get sick. Personal reasons, all that. But when you see a lineup where you have nine guys that are out and then immediately in the next game, all nine of those guys are all of a sudden playing again, it smells fishy. It looks bad. And as a fan, it makes me feel like shit. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with that. But I do think that these pro leagues need to incentivize players for doing something right rather than just finding them. And look, and I'll say this, and I, do, I don't want my, you know, I don't want my words to be um, taken out of context here. But look, NBA and NFL, it's predominantly run majority by black players. And when we're taking these players to court constantly and not giving them something as a benefit, as a reward, I think that looks really, really shitty. And that's just my two cents. I'm not sure how you feel about that, Mac, but that's where I sit right now. We have to do a better job all around. That's my thoughts. You're speaking my language on a lot of fronts. Uh, and you bring up some practical solutions that the NBA can do right now to incentivize players, players on the road if they want to build um, you know, extra incentives into the contract. I'm for all of that. I think fundamentally, 
there's misaligned interests right now. I mean, Michael Jordan played 82 and then won the championship, but nobody's Michael Jordan and nobody's Babe Ruth. Kawhi Leonard, who plays a lot in some ways, the way he holds the ball, the way he moves in the post, about the same height, about the same size of hands, enormous. He's the opposite of Michael Jordan. He can't do that. He literally can't. If he wants to make his best legacy, he has to play this dumb algorithm game, this dumb matrix where it's like, okay, well, uh, in eight days if I play, but in reality, he just wants to play as little as possible because he wants to be ready for when it matters. And in the Nets instance, yeah, it's not a coincidence that all their best players were hurt or had little nagging injuries. No, it's it's nonsense. It's BS. It's the fact that they made a scheduling decision due, due to that same algorithm. Let's figure it out. Let's We're going to have to rest them here because this is a game we're probably going to lose anyway, or maybe we win it with our backups because they're not that good. Whatever it is, the calculations, it has nothing to do with what the fan bought that ticket thinking, this is my one time a year I get to see the great Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving or Ben Simmons. I'm Australian, but for some reason I live in Indiana. I've grown up idolizing this guy one chance a year and scratched and not going to be out there. Uh, it's it's a fundamental thing where I think, you look at Lionel Messi, 2014, played 57 of Barcelona's like 65 games. He played Argentina's 14 games. So he played 71 games. He didn't play every single game. But the games he missed were usually, un- you could understand it due to the schedule. Like, oh, it's the first round of a cup game against like a semi-professional team. Messi's not going to be out there. I'm not buying a ticket to a 20,000-seat stadium thinking Messi's going to be out there. But when it's Real Madrid or Espanyol coming to Barcelona, coming to the Camp Nou, it's a big event. Two games a week, a big event. I know what I'm getting. The NBA is trying to pretend like these are real performances. These are like, you know, Michael Jackson's in town. You get to see him. It's not like that. It's 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 more like a scrimmage, if we're being honest. And, I mean, at least the Pacers-Nets game was. And that's that's a shame. That, that's It's fraud. It's it's uh, We, we got to do better. And I, I agree with you. There's practical things we can do right now. But fundamentally, I would like to see a more European-style cup system, two games a week, play, play home, play road style of basketball, style of professional league, so that we don't get this, so that we, we understand what we're getting and we buy the ticket knowing what we're getting. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I just ask myself, like, how we got here. You know? <laughs> I hear you, man. Believe it or not, Mac, I think that we got here by trusting the process. And I believe a lot of it has to do with Joel Embiid. I believe a lot of the load mm-hmm. management just sitting out nightly, always going to rest. Yeah, making game. decisions, right? Yeah, and I think that that was really what's got this entire thing kind of spiraling out of control. So, you know, one thing I've I've given a lot of credit to was the NBA that um, that they've done great things. I think for the league uh, over the last couple of years, especially since Adam Silver got there. But this is something that they need to fix up, and it can't just be fining players. Like that's not cool. That's not fair. Um, as I said, when when your uh, a fine is better than the reward, players are going to be a little reluctant to go ahead and and follow the rules. So. Uh, but that'll wrap it up, guys. We got our uh, NBA Bet Tank pod fired up here for Friday. As I mentioned, uh, make sure you guys check out the Dream Podcast tonight. That'll be on RJ Bell's Dream Preview feed. Uh, we'll be releasing our featured segment where you guys could actually go ahead and take home a little bit of pregame bulk dollars. And that is the Saturday 5 contest. You guys do not want to miss that. If you guys want to save some money at pregame, go ahead and enter code NBA23. That'll get you guys 23% off any pregame pick package there at pregame.com. 
Mackenzie, don't miss out on your Twitter account at Mac and Rivers. Don't miss out on mine at SleepyJ underscore pregame. You guys could always find us on the best sports betting website on the internet, pregame.com. I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for NBA Friday. Enjoy the games.